welcome to another edition of the I'm Always Right Sports Podcast. I am your host, as always, the Malcolm Michigan, Rob Mendeika. With me, as always, my co-host, the Merck Zone, Mike Merkel. I'm here. He is here, and we have a loaded show for you guys today. Uh, we're going to be talking the MLB All-Star Game, more particularly about Shohei Otani and the phenom that he is. Uh, we're also going to be talking, I'm going to pose a question to Mike here about uh, the recent UFC events and something that kind of dawned upon me over the last couple weeks. Obviously, we're also going to be talking about the collaboration between AEW, New Japan Pro Wrestling, Impact Wrestling, NWA, and Ring of Honor. That's a big deal here happening in the United States and around the world, quite frankly. So I definitely think we're going to touch on that. And obviously, we're going to be ending the show today doing two different quarterback rankings. We're going to first uh, play the game we did with the NFC quarterbacks last week with the AFC. And then we're going to do uh, one versus one, two versus two to end the show here, just to kind of see who really has the edge, conference versus conference in the quarterback position. So it's going to be a fun week this week. Um, I would be remiss, though, first not to talk about the fact that uh, we here at the show have hit a tremendous milestone. Um, so uh, this past week, the I'm Always Right Sports Podcast officially hit over 10 thousand plays slash downloads however you want to view it um but for we just want to extend our uh, appreciation to each and every one of you who have clicked that play button at least once have recommended it to your friends have bought the merch have uh have used our code always right uh with swift lifestyles and bought yourself some good products there as well we just want to say thank you very very much to each and every one of you who have uh taken the time to listen to Two random guys talk about sports <laughs> at the end of the day. Uh, you know, we're going on, what, th- almost three years now, Mike, doing yeah, this show? Yeah, something like that. We're pretty close. Um, you know, it's been a great ride, and I just want to say thank to Mike uh, for being my co-host and, and being one of the founders of this show. I couldn't do it without him. We've heard shows without Mike, and they are not nearly as good with just me talking. So... <laughs> Um, I appreciate every single one of you that have uh, taken the time to listen. And I hope that if you enjoy the show, please continue to share it. Please continue to let everybody know. Uh, and please continue to give your feedback. We always look to approach the show each and every week and give you guys the best content possible. Uh, and we can, we'll continue to do that for as long as you guys will allow us to. we got some stuff coming down the pipe. Uh, you know, we're making our return to YouTube sooner rather than later. We've got a new set. Hopefully, we're going to have a new I'm Always Right 24-7 championship as well, which I'm looking forward to debuting that um, and other great content coming your way. But, Mike, let's just jump right in here. Um, first thing I thought I had to sneeze for a second. I, oh. feel, it, I feel it coming. I, I thought like, you were just pausing for me to talk, and I was like, did I miss something? Because, like, I'm, I'm not <laughs> yeah, talking. Oh. No, for sure. Yeah. Excuse me. Excuse me. Sorry about that. Um, sneezing. I know. Sneezing. I, I'm, I'm thanking people for listening to the show, and then I'm going to create crap sneezing all over them. See, it seems about right. Um, but, yeah, let's jump in here. Let's talk about the MLB, MLB All-Star Game. I don't really care about who wins. The American League won. Yada, yada, yada. Cool. Yeah. But I did not win money on it, by the way. You did not win money on no. it. The American League, I think, has won like the last like eight out of ten or something yeah, like that. It's not fun. Yeah. Um, but no, I want to talk about Shohei Otani in particular. Not the Stephen A. Smith comments, which were ridiculous on so many levels. Um, but what I do want to talk about though is the um, is is what we're actively witnessing here with this dude. I mean, he is in the starting rotation for the Angels. He's got a sub three five ERA right now. He's leading the league in home runs with 33. Um, I don't know if anybody realized this, but we've never seen this before. And not only have we never seen this before, we're probably never going to see it for a very, very long time. This is not a generational type talent. This is a multi-generational talent. You know, the the comparisons to Babe Ruth, but um, 
Babe Ruth even did not do this for his entire career. He When he was in Boston, yeah, he was a pitcher. He gets traded to New York. I think he had like nine innings pitched for as a New York Yankee, and he just became a, a full-time hitter. This dude is insane, and I think that because baseball is not really on the radar for a lot of us in the United States, especially um, especially the younger crowd, I would say, it's it's just they're doing things to try to speed it up and do, make it more exciting, but it, it's it's pretty dry at times yeah. um, with all the games and everything. No one really starts paying attention until playoff time, but this dude is a freak of nature. He's 27. Um, and he, he's a legitimate phenom. I mean, just give me your thoughts real quick on, like, he's the new face of baseball, in my opinion. I yeah. think they should go balls to the wall to try to make this, as long as he continues to perform. I mean, yeah. if he's batting 135 and he's got a 7 ERA, clearly it's not working. Yeah. But, like, he's, he's thriving right now. And I don't think enough people are understanding what this dude is doing. And what can be probably said is the hardest thing to do is – hit a 98-mile-an-hour fastball while also being able to throw a 98-mile-an-hour fastball. Yeah, I think the problem that baseball's going to – I think the problem that baseball always runs into yeah. is their best players are always on the worst teams. Yeah. Like, always. Like, yeah. Mike Trout for a while was the best player. He's yeah. on and the he Angels. The Angels and, he's, too, and they're just and not they're, very good. And they're not very good. The one player that kind of broke out with Mookie Betts, who yep. eventually got traded to the Dodgers. Yeah. And so he was, like, their breakout on mm-hmm. a big market there. Mm-hmm. But, like, when you look around the league, you're like – you know, you got like the NFL, you got like Mahomes is on Chiefs, yep. Brady's always been around, and yep. like you have all these very marketable people. <clears throat> the NBA's got like LeBron going to LA and yeah. KD Tangible going. Tangible results like, to go with the talent. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You got like these big names going to big markets, and then it's like we have this guy who now plays. He's, for in, he's in Los Angeles. But he's in Los Angeles. 46 and 45 as of this recording. Yeah, so he, they're, they're a 500. Yeah, they're team. a 500 team, average team. And yeah. baseball, you need more than just like, like yeah. we see in Detroit. It's like, you have Miggy, that's cool, but you need a whole team and a whole mm-hmm. bullpen and a whole everything to work around them. Yep. So he can do so much, but you need to get a team around him. So I like he he probably will be the new face of baseball, uh, relatively short time with how good he is. It would help a little bit if if like he didn't have to have a trainer. I like I get the com- I, it's an insensitive comment, but it is more difficult to promote a guy yeah. when he doesn't speak the English or doesn't speak English relatively okay. Like yeah. It's, it's, it is tough. Like and Miguel Cabrera doesn't speak good English. Yeah. But. And, <laughs> and if you're a big wrestling fan, you know, yeah. we always talk about how like, it's hard for guys like Shinsuke and mm-hmm. for guys like in Japan to come over and right. be successful because of the English barrier. Right. So I think that's also another thing that's like, yeah. would you rather promote Mookie Betts, the 24 right. year old phenom or this guy who can do both, but doesn't speak English. So it's hard to get good interviews and good yeah. stuff so out of him. Promote so, them the way we do in America. Yeah. Right? So yeah. It, it's tough, but it's, it's quite phenomenal what we're and Legitimately. The only thing that I think would be more impressive is if someone could be ambidextrous and throw both hands. Yeah, that's right. like the only yeah, thing that really exactly. beats that. Yeah, and I've only seen like one person ever be able to do yeah, that. So I, I just, I just really want people. I even if you're not big baseball fans, just take a minute to appreciate what that is. It, you know, for a lot of sports fans, right? A lot of uh, sport historians, they say the hardest thing to do is to hit a 95 mile an hour fastball. You know what I mean? Just. Yeah. Grip it and rip it, right? Yep. You know what's coming, and it doesn't matter. You still can't. You still, still can't, can't do it. it. Yeah. And then also to then go ahead and go to the mound and be not just like a reliever or like a setup guy. No, no, no. He's starting. He's throwing six, seven innings at a time every four to every five days, and he's a successful at it. He's four and one, I think, on the year right now or something like that on his yeah. record. He's had thirteen starts on the season. He's got thirty-three home runs. That is insane to me that. Like you put him, he's batting fourth. 
you know what I mean? Like he's, he's batting cleanup as the DH, and then at the same time he's also the pitcher. Yeah. I mean, it is just insane. insane to me to think about what this guy is doing. So I just wanted to take a moment to like put some props on this dude because, you know, when he came over, it was like, oh, it was a big deal, and then he went to LA. But he's going from the not good LA teams. Yeah. Everyone's like, okay. And then he's kind of like gone to obscurity. This is the first time I think uh, since he came over, you know, with the All Star game, he was in the home run derby, and he was also the starting pitcher of the All Star game. Crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, that he's finally kind of got some recognition, and everyone's super, you know, excited to see this. Dude. I'm just saying, it's insane. Mm-hmm. I just it think it's wild. crazy to me. If you have a chance, it, the, the Tigers, I think, play the Angels, I think, either in August or September, looking at their schedule. Um, and if he's playing, I would take the opportunity to go see him. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, it's generational type talent doesn't even, yeah, know. doesn't come around often. Right, exactly. It's just insane. All right, let's just focus here, Mike. I want to pose a question to you. All right, we saw the Connor McGregor. Uh, what's the guy? Who Dustin Poirier. Poirier. I was gonna say Cormier, but I'm like, that's the wrong guy. Yeah. Um, it goes to show you how much UFC I'm watching. But uh, you know, we have the ankle break. Right, he's got dangly foot. It was gross. It was funny. Whatever. Whatever you want to go with it. Um, but I do want to pose a question to you, right? You know, there is a bit of a stigma here, and, and we've heard it on the show as well, right? I've heard people come to me and say, why do you cover wrestling? Why do you guys cover pro wrestling? You know, like, I don't get it. It's kind of like off the beaten path compared to the rest of the content you guys do. And, and to an extent, it is, right? Yes. However, I will say this. For the, you know, and there is a stigma around professional wrestling and professional wrestling fans. We all know what it is, blah, 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 blah. But... When it comes to mixed martial arts fans and pro wrestling fans, obviously there's a lot of crossover, right? But the diehard straight MMA fans are don't understand. They're like, I don't know how you watch that, right? It's all fake, blah, 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 blah. Nothing's real. I don't know how you get into it. Yada, yada, yada. But I'm noticing as I'm watching the build for this McGregor fight, Conor McGregor is Rowdy Roddy Piper. Mm-hmm. And if you know who Rowdy Roddy Piper is, you will understand this comparison. All of the best UFC talents, the the personalities, the people that Dana White and the UFC are actively building around on these are the fights. Like I saw McGregor was like the fifth ranked fighter for that title, and yet somehow he's got a title shot. And you're like, mm-hmm. okay, so rankings don't mean a ton if you're, you know, loud. Well, <laughs> well, yeah. There's a little bit more that goes. No, on I know, that, I know, I know. Yes. I'm, I'm giving them flack at the same time. But anyway, point being. So all of these big names, you know, the John Jones of the world, who don't say a lot, but they do a lot off out of the cage where you're just yeah. like, dude, like, you're killing me. All these things. It's very wrestling-esque. The way UFC yes. promotes things, the way UFC sets these builds up, it's things that the WWE and Vince McMahon in particular have done for 30, 40, 50 years. Just, I just want your thoughts on maybe where the stigma comes from and you know like maybe to, to open some eyes to some just diehard mma fans to, and i'm not saying you need to start watching professional wrestling whatever have your own yeah. tea right but what i am saying is that i don't think the stigma around professional wrestling when other sports across the world you know whether it's tv production style promotion personalities all these things have all come from some way shape or form from pro wrestling yeah i mean to be fair to to be fair to, to, be fair to <laughs> NBA or uh, to the yeah. MMA fans, yeah. I think that most of them don't like professional wrestling because it's not actually real. 
Like that's yeah, that's the, the stigma that I aspect of it. Yeah, yeah like right, it's the sure. competitive aspect right. of the like results are predetermined. Yeah, like yes. I think it's actually very impressive that a guy like Conor McGregor can go in and talk the crap that he does, mm-hmm. not knowing that like it's a for sure gone conclusion yeah. that he's gonna walk out of an event sure. as a winner. Yeah. Um, I think that's the part that entices me more than anything. Because yeah. I am more pro wrestling than UFC. Yeah. So watching a guy like him or watching a guy like um like Poirier even yeah, and going sure. going, yeah. I'm just gonna go in and kill you. Yeah. And I'm like, and like, you're All like, right. but you yeah. don't know that you're going to kill him. Yeah. Like when you yeah. watch, when you watch a John Cena, Roman Reigns promo, mm-hmm. that's going to be coming up, leading up to SummerSlam. Cause so everyone, excited. so everyone knows it's going to happen. <laughs> everyone knows Reigns is going to win. So when Cena's yeah. like, Oh, I'm going to mm-hmm. beat you. And Reigns is like, no, I'm the King. I'm going to beat you. Mm-hmm. Everyone's like, yeah. Cause you're definitely going to beat him. Like, <laughs> it's like, I think, and as a, I think it's different too, as like when I was a kid, yeah. I didn't you know it was all pre. Yeah. So yeah, you right. believed yeah, it, you and it's sure, like yeah. the believability of like, wow, they're really gonna fight each and other, honestly, and they're gonna as go a for it. Fan like we are, right? You still, you're like, all right, I'm ready. Like yeah. I'm ready for it, and they yeah. have that ability to do. Yeah, that. So, yeah, some people do, but now it's like you can kind of fancy book your way around. Like, yep. okay, so Reigns really isn't gonna yeah, lose for right. a long time, for so sure. like it's not as enticing. Where like a McGregor fight, it's like, yo, you could break your leg, and <laughs> you, yeah, no, I lose money on it, so it's really upsetting. So, but I think I think those are the few things where like. I do, like I think every everything does eventually take away from pro wrestling at a certain extent because yeah. pro wrestling covers it's like a TV show slash promotion yeah, it's drama, slash it's drama. Yeah. There's everything. There's literally yeah, everything sure. in there. But I think the MMA it's not necessarily the the build that people don't like for mm-hmm. pro wrestling. It's the okay I'm watching real people try to beat the crap oh, yeah. out of each other in for an sure. octagon for 25 minutes. Absolutely. And WWE it's like. Yeah, right. You know, you're going. It's it's athletic, but they're throwing punches that, like, it's funny, actually, like, when you watch both, it's like, so Cena's throwing these 50 punches, Mm -hmm. and the guy just walks right to him, and you're like, what's going on? Because they're good actors. Because they're really good actors. actors. But, like, like, McGregor has one left hand, and dude's sleeping. So it's. it's, No, uh, I I don't disagree. They're two different sports, right? But I do think it is noteworthy because, you know, I know Dana White's come out with interviews and say, yeah, we've done a ton of things that the WWF at the time, right? Yeah. Would do because, you know, they, I just wish people understood when it comes to combat sports in general, a lot of the, this pomp, the circumstance, the way that the UFC develops personalities and exploits those personalities yeah. and makes stars like legitimate stars, um, are all things that professional wrestling has been doing even before Vince McMahon, right? Yeah. Like, Though that is what gets people in the door. If you had two guys walking in there and going, "Yep, this is going to be a great fight, and we're going to shake hands, and we're going to blah blah blah," and no one's going to want to watch that, yeah. right? No one's going to want to watch a crappy presentation. That's why nobody watches boxing a good chunk because no one under no one cares, right? Yeah. Like you don't have there's no promotion. outside of Tyson Fury, who's the only one coming out here and trash talking. Nobody gives a crap about anybody else, right? He's the only one who's like, "I'm going to beat the crap out of you, and then I'm going to sleep with your mother, and then I'm going to, you know, yeah, whatever yeah. he says," yeah. right? It's crazy. Yeah. But, like, all of that, though, stems from a professional wrestling background and a yeah. promotional background. And I just think it's a very interesting parallel that – and I, I just wish that more – I think the die, die hards – because I enjoy watching the UFC, right? It's, 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 a, it's a great time. You know, sometimes you feel like you get shipped out of your money sometimes because two minutes in I will, and it's see, over. See, I think – and we had this argument the other day, too, yeah. where I was like, I do think WWE events do chip you out of your money oh, a lot of times. Absolutely. But, I, like, at the same time, I know I'm going to get – Three hours, yeah, right. It, like you know what I mean. I, that's a that's an argument for a different time. But I, what I am saying is that it's 
for, it, it, I just want people to realize, I guess, and have a little bit more of an appreciation for not necessarily from the athletic standpoint, because whether you believe they're professional wrestlers, professional wrestlers or athletes or not, they are, right? Yeah. Yes, I get it. The punches, yeah, they're not real, right? But when I see some dude get his teeth kicked out in a professional wrestling match, that that's legitimate. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? It's not – it is athletics, right? It's athletics with a, with a slurve, you know, with a curve to it. You know what I mean? You know, I call it the slurve, a slurve pitch. Yeah, right? Where you're like, I don't know what the hell that is. Um, it's just a modified curve. At the same time, right, a lot of the things that makes the UFC uh, successful and Bellator and all these things, the big, you know, the pyro and the fireworks and all that stuff, it's all because of professional wrestling. So yep. the next time you want to dog it, remember, you would not have the product you have today without the things yeah. that professional wrestling has yeah. done to kind of broker that relationship with the mm-hmm. fans. Just, yeah. just wanted to throw it out there. Yeah. All right, shifting focus now a little bit. Uh, let's talk about this mega conglomerate of companies working together cool. in the professional wrestling world. So Slammiversary was last night. Uh, pretty big success, I would say, for, for TNA, yeah, honestly. Uh, or Impact Wrestling, whatever you want to call them. Um, but we're kind of seeing now some talent exchange, some obvious working relationship. The Forbidden Door has been open times five. We've got talent from the NWA. We've got talent from Impact Wrestling. We've got talent from Ring of Honor talent from New Japan Pro Wrestling and AEW in this big cesspool of amazing, amazing talent and potential dream matches out the yin-yang. Just give me your thoughts first, Mike, on what do you think the implications are on this? Do you think, looking at it specifically from the AEW point of view, because they are the biggest company out of the five, you know, it only is going to benefit NWA, Ring of Honor, you know, yeah. impact. You know, they're they're going to get the benefit out of it because they're smaller. But AEW, they've got a TV deal. They got two TV shows coming. They got pay per views. Blah blah blah. Um, you know, give me your thoughts on from their point of view, long term. Is this is this a good route to go to continuously be funneling stars that don't work for you and just set up these yeah. matches, or is it going to be something that's going to maybe hinder them in the long term because they're maybe taking away spots from guys that they could be building to. Main eventers. Yeah, I mean, I think it only benefits them to yeah. bring in guys from all over. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it helps their new talent kind of get a name because I think I think the niche fans of AEW, unlike WWE fans, yeah. I think the fans that watch AEW also more than likely, I would bet, watch New Japan. Watch WWE. Impact. I think has a bigger audience as a whole. It does. They get they attack. They can attack all age groups. AEW is strictly the loud internet type fans yes. for the most. Now they're going to grab some of the casual people too because they're on TNT, but to yeah. your point. But to yeah. my point, no, yeah. there are the people like me and you that watch yeah, all we'll the watch wrestling. Everything. We'll yeah, watch right. everything. We'll mm-hmm. watch any promotion, whatever. And so I think to that point, grabbing a guy like, so you have you build a star, say like an MGF, mm-hmm. and then you're, you're like, all right, we need you on a pay-per-view. We don't really have a feud for you, so who can you go against? Mm-hmm. Okay, let's pull a, a Matt Taven. Let's right. pull a, right. a Jay sure. White and just have him thrown for this one-off to have a really good match that you can go over on yep. and get like build more yep. star power to you yep. because like unlike WWE where if they did that like if like Okada came into WWE most people would be like who's, who's this yeah. guy right like yeah. no one so knew the who casual sh- fan the casual fan would be right. like who's sh- like no one knew who Shinsuke was no right. one knew who some of these guys were in AEW a Jay White walks in everyone in the whole building knows oh that's Jay White oh that's Okada oh that's right. like whoever right. so right. you bring in those guys to help elevate your talent I think it only really benefits yeah. 
AEW and benefits everyone because the New Japan can get some guys to the G1. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they need Please. them. Please. They really do. Please. They, they're, they're top I, heavy. I don't want to see Toriano in the G1. No offense. Hey, listen. He's going to get three upset wins with a low blow and a roll up, and you'll like it. I will not like right? it. And you'll go, hoo, hoo, hoo. Three times. <laughs> yeah. Um. No, you know, I, I think you make some good points. I do worry long-term a little bit about some of the guys, like the Sammy Guevara's of the world, right, who you can tell they're they're, they're putting some equity in, too, yeah. right? Um, because, you know, you want to see them them grow their own stars, right? Like, WWE is doing the exact same thing that AEW is doing, but they're just doing it with their own talent. We yeah. talked about this off-air, right? Like, I don't know if you, if, if you guys watched SmackDown this past week. Obviously, we have fans back, which is... Humongous. Yeah. Um, you know, AEW in the last couple weeks have been hot as hell. They've been great shows. SmackDown had a great show on Friday. So we're really starting to see people really Raw's gonna, to, Raw's gonna have a great show on Friday. I Monday. think Raw might actually have a good show because it's the SummerSlam build. You know, you're gonna see Goldberg come back, you're gonna see some of these people. But I'm saying I think from a from an excitement standpoint, yeah. I think you're really gonna start seeing things kind of pick up a little bit. But you know, yeah. for the first hour and a half, then the second half's gonna suck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you'll have a good yeah. first hour. Yeah, right. Every, every um, hour. But at the same time, right, um, to develop some of these guys is so big because WWE, all the, you know, NXT is AEW in, in, in yeah. WWE's world, right? Like, that's why Shinsuke debuted in NXT is because people in NXT watch NXT and go, I know who that is. Yeah. When he goes to the main, if he would have debuted on the main roster, you'd be like, it didn't work. Like, when Carl Anderson and Doc Gallows debuted on the main roster, I went, half of us went, oh my gosh. The other half went, I don't know who they are. That's the same thing you know, when AJ yeah. Styles debuted the Rumble. People right. were like, "We kind of know. Yeah, know." He was from TNA, right? He was a TNA, TNA guy. TNA. But like question, yeah, they like question ignored all of his IW his New Japan stuff, right? Yeah. Um, you know, so WWE is in a little bit more of a pickle because they have such a bigger roster, so they're able to do these kinds of things. Same, similar to AEW is right. Finn Balor debuting on SmackDown. Uh, you're gonna see Tony Storm debut next week. You've got Shotzi and uh, uh, the one that's not. Memorable at all? What's her name? Tegan Knox. She's not memorable. That, that, so I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, but I, I do think this is a very interesting time, and I think it's going to force WWE to kind of change it up a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. I do think that they're going to have to either a really step up their game when it comes to a storytelling and really start to elevate some of these talent that have not had the opportunity, and I'm hoping that this Money in the Bank show. Um, we'll showcase that. Obviously, by the time you guys see that, Money Bank already happened, so that could be the best show ever, the worst show ever. Um, but I think if nothing else, it's going to drive competition. And also, it's really helping companies like Ring of Honor who need the help right now. They yeah. are so deprived of top-end talent. They got gutted. Like Everybody who is enjoying NXT and enjoying AEW's top guys right now, that's what Ring of Honor had yeah. for like a five-year stretch. They had O'Reilly and Cole and uh, the Bucks and, the and Bucks Cody and, and Cody and Hangman and like some of these guys were like Christopher Damian, Daniels, Damian Priest, Kevin Steen, like or, or Kevin Owens. Sorry, all these guys were in all in the same. Play. Tommaso Ciampa was there, right? Like you watch all these guys; they were all in Ring of Honor yeah. all at the same time, and you're just like, damn. Mm-hmm. And now they're all huge stars on two different brands. You yes. know what I mean? So this goes to show you how much Ring of Honor was depleted. It's going to help the NWA because, well, let's face it, you know, they have a thousand day champion that's got five title defenses in two years. It's fine. Um, you know, and obviously it's going to help Impact. Impact, I think, is the one company that's going to benefit the most mm-hmm. because I think Impact is the one company to go, yeah, you can beat our guys. Yeah. 
we don't <laughs> you know care. What I mean? Like, yeah, it's fine. Go yeah. for it, right? Yeah, uh, whatever. We can add some prestige to the title by having it around Kenny's waist. Sold. Sold. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, yeah. So just an interesting topic. I thought we talk. I think we talk about it a little bit. I did want to ask you actually one more question too. Some we didn't talk about pre-show. Triple H's comments about WWE having the best women's division in the world. Do you agree with that? Because I do, but I have a caveat to that statement. Okay. Are we talking like if we're no. going to go in all women's promotion? No, no, yeah, no. I'm talking about the big ones, right? Oh, okay. So AEW, WWE, like the big American promotions, like Stardom and stuff is hard because it's. I was like, there's great, they're, but it's all yeah, women. Yeah, it's all women. It's all women, so they have to have stars, right? Yeah. Um, what but is, like, does WWE have the best women's division? Because I think the answer is yes. But I do think if we're talking as of this exact moment, there is a caveat to that statement that I'm making. Um, well, yes. I would say like when you have – if you name like the top six women on WWE as a whole. Mm-hmm. Now, each of their individual rosters, I like AEW is like ten times better. But really? like when you like you're talking about AEW's women, just women's roster. You like yeah. AEW's women's roster better than. WWE's? But no, no, no. But like if you went like specific brand, like if you did SmackDown no, versus AEW, all but like AEW, no, all yeah. all together, WWE's yeah. women's are so much better. Yeah. Like I'm like I would take Charlotte, Becky Lynch, Bailey, Sasha. Yeah. I'm even like Rhea, Tony like, Storm, like yeah, all these Bianca, people, I would take yeah. almost. The only person I would take from AEW is really Britt Baker. And that was my point. Is that but I Britt would Baker argue, elevates yeah. over everyone else. But I would argue that was my point, is that I would say right now the most over talent in women's wrestling, especially here in America, yeah. is Britt Baker. Yeah. She is on a high. She is on the Becky Lynch high type of role right now. She's she yeah, on the Bailey type of role that yeah. Bailey was on a year ago. Like yeah. I know people aren't gonna remember this, but like Bailey was definitely an MVP of the pandemic era. Yeah, like, she was. Drew really carried the men, but Bailey definitely carried the women's side yeah. for a lot of that. Yeah, um, but no, yeah, I would say in totality of a whole yeah. roster, yeah, like the women together in yeah. WWE are far better than the yeah. women in AEW, right? And I guess everywhere else, yeah. But well, that's yeah, not yeah, even I mean, close. Yeah. I mean, but I just thought it was interesting. But Britt Baker's number one. Some overall. people balked at that comment. I went when you think about it, when you think of these core people that they, I mean. Charlotte alone, if Charlotte goes anywhere in the world, she's the number one star. Yeah. Right? Like, if Charlotte went to AEW tomorrow, I'm sorry, but she's going to overtake Britt quickly. Yeah. Like, it's Honestly, just, it just is here's the thing. Is. Charlotte, Sasha, and Becky would probably t- overtake. Yeah. I think Bailey could, too, with her current Yeah, way. Bailey like, possibly. Not as but, the nice, per- but I'm talking about current but day those, Bailey. Those, those they, three easily yeah. would overtake mm-hmm. break Britt Baker. Yeah. Uh, Bailey probably would be able to. Everyone else yeah. would be right under Britt Baker. Yeah. I think like I think Bianca is... Bianca's is, rising yeah, to it. Because I think Bianca is that person who is um, like the Jade Cargill for mm-hmm. AEW, right? Like the super athletic chick, right? She's in great shape. She's an athlete. Is a similar, you know, like kind of escalation yeah. point. Similar to Rhea. I think Rhea's kind of like that too. Yeah, Rhea's, Rhea's rising. Tall, yeah. big, impactful, right? She's athletic as hell. That's the kind of thing that Jay Cargill is kind of doing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I just I just want to get your opinion on that because yeah. I do think that overall WWE's women's roster is very good. You you can you can bash WWE for a lot of things, but their women's roster is pretty stacked and pretty oh, over. Yeah. Like, if if they went we're to, tired of seeing Rhea and Charlotte, I get that. Yeah. But like like I damn. said, like because they have three brands, they have to yeah. but like if they were just on Raw one. Yeah. on one brand, that would be like they could have shows just women and yeah. it would be a great show. Yeah, absolutely. With those top For people. Sure. So yeah, it's very exciting. All right. Let's shift focus here. Obviously next week guys we're gonna be reviewing WWE Money in the Bank. Um so be prepared for that. I'm hoping Ooh. we can 
talk about something positive coming out of that show, please, please be something positive. Uh, but Mike, let's talk. Let's let's jump in here. I really enjoyed um, last week's show with the NFC quarterback rankings. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was I thought it was a kind of a fun take. You, you know, you kind of go the back and forth here. What's going on? You okay? Yeah, no, I found I found a cool wheel. Oh, there we go. Okay, cool. So we're gonna I'm we gonna spin excited. a wheel. I was like, what happened? Um, you know, breaking news maybe. Lions, no, oh no, Lions no. trade anybody for more first round picks, <laughs> except for Hawkinson and, and I can DeAndre Swift. Oh, this is great. Okay, um, but anyway, uh, so we're gonna do the AFC this week, right, guys? So we did the NFC last week. Go back and listen to the show last week for our NFC. Uh, Mike's got the NFC actually already saved, so we're we're actually we'll run through that at the end of the show anyway for you. Um, and the, we're going to do the AFC. So similar thing, uh, Mike is going to call it a number, 1 through 16. And then based on that and who the starting quarterback is, we have to say who the seventh best quarterback in the AFC is. And we're going to alternate, me and Mike are, um, you know, 1 through 16. And then what we're going to do at the end of this is we're going to compare the number one quarterback in the AFC versus the number one quarterback in the AFC um, and we're going to see who yeah, has the better yeah, quarterback crop. Who has crop. the best quarterback crop, right? So 1v1. So Tom Brady versus whoever we Boys. think the number one guy in the AFC is. Spoilers. But, um, yes. We, <laughs> not we don't say nothing. We don't not spoil say it. Because I might mix yeah. up the ranking a little. You Listen, never know. Baker Mayfield being number two is going to be really high for some people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Listen, Justin Herbert somehow being number Listen, zero. We, we somehow snuck in Sam Darnold in the top tier quarterbacks. We don't know how. So. That's, so why, why, are we, why, are we, why are we busting my balls right now? Okay. <laughs> so, Rob, do you want to go first or you want me to go first? You, I went first last week, so you can go first this uh, week. Okay. All right. So I'm let me a giving guy, Mike. You know that. I, I appreciate that. We didn't make it to 10,000 plays without us having a little give and take. Yeah. All right. So I will spin. I have a cool wheel here. And so does a number generator. So we we're go. spinning the wheel. Woo. I'm going to laugh if you get like eight, six, ten. <laughs> Don't tell me. <laughs> no, I can remove the number, oh, too. You can? Yeah, oh, so okay, I'll remove it. That's cool. I got number twelve. Oh boy! So we're it's getting like we're lower, getting like a but like mid still. Actually, so the AFC is actually kind of funny because there's a lot of rookie quarterbacks. Yeah. So that's going to be a lot really of like projection project. and. and, and well, now, last week I know some people were like, "Well, why didn't you put Justin Fields on that?" I mean, well, because the presumed starter for some of these teams is not going to be their high rookie draft pick. Jimmy Garoppolo is going to start Week One versus the Lions, barring injury. Andy Dalton is going to start Week One against the Rams. It's it's going to happen. So. Like, Joe Burrow starting week one for the Bengals last year, they didn't have another quarterback that was going to start for them. It was going to be Joe Burrow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Just want to caveat yeah, that because 12... some people are going to complain. Be like, well, how do you put Zach Wilson in there when they got somebody else? I don't even know who the backup <laughs> is. You know what I mean? I want okay. to say Flacco, but I think so, Flacco's in Philly now. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick this guy. And I don't oh know if oh it's going to be... Oh, boy. Oh, hold on. Let me double check. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, see see what happens? See, I'm, I'm stressed. I, I think I had two last time. Yeah, you started, started with two, and I started with eight. So we, <laughs> so I'm starting off with the like wheel, a... The wheel, is the wheel was not in Mike's favor this week. <laughs> um, I, I, just have to, I just have to make sure I can find possibly four people I could put under this guy. Yeah. And that's, that's Remember, the guys, tough part for me. 16, yeah. Do it in your heads right now. Um, let us know your yeah, list yeah. Uh, for favorites. You know who you, who do you think the best quarterback all the way one through sixteen in the AFC is? Um, obviously, okay. the first couple are probably pretty self-explanatory, but even yeah. after I think I think after one and two, number three could get pretty. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to put. 
I'm um, I have no idea who you're going. I don't even know who's in the AFC right now, so I'm going to have to go in there and be like, Meh. I'm going to put Trevor Lawrence at 12. Wow. He doesn't make it in your top 10. No, huh? he does not. Oh, my goodness. Is and... this Mike Merkel? <laughs> See, this is See, the kind of content right here where some people, like on First Take and other things like that, Brandon Marshall, I'm going to call you out particularly because you're an idiot. Um, Mike going out there saying that Trevor Lawrence, who is, if, if you've listened to this show for even five minutes, Mike has said the name Trevor Lawrence in some capacity for the last two years. Uh, the fact that he's number 12 is yeah. crazy. Okay. Um, I got to figure out how I'm going to do this. I got I to input this real quick. <laughs> and then I'll give my reasoning why. <laughs> okay, I got it. So, so the reason I have him at 12 is one. A lot of these rookies is going to be so hard. See, so I have only, I think, one or two other rookies on this list. Obviously, yeah. I think he's the best of the rookies. Yes. And I think he is better than one or two other people that have started last year that I'm like yeah. I don't have full faith in. I think Jacksonville. Look at these lists because yeah, like, I think Jacksonville is actually like quite a good like a good offensive team. So I think he'll look really good. And I'm not gonna say he's gonna have like a uh, Justin Herbert type year, but I would expect somewhere in the ballpark of like a little worse, but like somewhere around there. Jacksonville's gonna be a good team, and obviously outside of the Colts. Yeah, like the Texans are, and, and uh, they have the Titans. Oh, the Titans. That's yeah. a good point. That, yeah, yeah, they have both of them. So not they're bad. they're gonna they're they're not gonna be very good. Yeah. But like when you got DJ Chark, you got um, Travis Etienne and James Robinson at running back. Like you got pieces around that like you can throw to. Yeah. You got Marvin Jones there now too. So like you have oh, some deep Jamal throw. Agnew. Jamal Agnew, who's a great I don't know <laughs> return million, man. I guess seven million dollars a year to return. Points. So I'm putting him at twelve because I can't put him much higher because he hasn't done anything. He yet. hasn't done and, anything and that, and yet. That is, and that is the hard part about some of these rankings right is it's based on what you think he can do that offense has pieces for sure yeah okay so i have him at 12 so oh it removes it perfect i love this this yeah. wheel is just such there friendship to me there we okay go. uh so all right so we will spin for rob rob oh you will be getting number one 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 four Ooh. so you're getting a top four pick okay. here's the list of guys for you all right I have a name that I would probably put it for, but yeah, I, I I think I'm probably in lockstep with you. Um, I have a I have a pretty relative like top two or three. Yeah, I do too. There's like a top, there's like a couple guys right. that I have like right next to. I'm gonna pick this guy, um, but I don't even think there's a guarantee he plays this year. So I'm gonna say it's Deshaun Watson. Okay, at four. That that's who uh, I would go with, yeah. but. I guess and, the caveat yeah. if if the other guy plays that's sixteen. Yeah, so. that, yeah, that poor dude <laughs> that got. A, I think he was out of Stanford, right? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, third round. That poor guy. I don't even know who their head coach is, so yeah. I can't even pronounce that guy. I don't even know the guy's name. the The Houston Texans went from three years ago being a team where you're like, oh my gosh, like they're going to be in it. Went to the AFC title game, and now look like a team that has a potential, especially if Deshaun Watson doesn't play, to go all in seventeen. And I'm not joking about that in the slightest. There is no redeeming qualities on this football team. Right Not now. really, no. I it's, can't. I can't find many. Maybe the running back room because they signed seven running backs in yeah. free agency. But like, offensive line, meh. And Sean Watson does play quarterback. Atrocious. Brandon Cooks is your only good wide receiver, and even that's a rough go. Mm-hmm. And I can't name a player on their defense right now. I I would agree. Yeah, seriously, I, I, just, I think they were going to be. They're going to be rough. One in sixteen. They'll I find think, one yeah. win randomly, yeah. but that's about it. So I have well, number eight. So dude, we will you are getting slaughtered. slaughtered. Yeah. So we'll we'll have some fun with this one. I had a um, easy one. Yeah, you had a relative. <laughs> <easy one. laughs> 
Um, I think I have a spot for this actually that I was okay. thinking about earlier. Okay. See, I'm so, quarterbacks. See, I, I, I kind of just like I just want to place it and then just know I messed up later, <laughs> like you did with Sam Darnold last week, and try to but work keep around bringing it. Bringing up Sam Darnold, right? Jeez, I got faith in the guy. Not, I mean, not that much faith. Yeah. <laughs> One. Ooh, boy. Okay, so if I put those people, there's a couple. Well, guys, eight, there's a couple of veterans on here that's gonna be really hard to place for me because it's hard to ignore the resume and look at what they're currently are. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna go. With Ryan Tannehill. Okay, at eight. At I think eight. that's fair. I and I think I think spot. I think it's gonna turn out to be fine. Yeah. Um, long term fair. in this list. Um, there was actually another person I wanted to put here, but I think I'm gonna put him a spot lower mm-hmm. than Ryan Tannehill. So I think I think Ryan Tannehill isn't like the last spot of the good quarterbacks in the AFC, yeah. but you're like venturing into like. Yep. Okay, like you're you're definitely a guy who needs a lot more help than everyone else to yeah, and, to and do I think something. That, that was evident, right? You have Derrick Henry. Um, you've got you trade for Julio Jones, right? Because you think Tannehill can get the job done. I mean, Tannehill's been really really good in Tennessee, yep. but I don't think he's ever. I also don't think necessarily he's winning games on his own, yeah. right? Like, I, and that and that I think is a very important distinction when you think about the top three four guys on these lists mm-hmm. as compared to. Um, guys that are in the seven, eight, nine, ten range. I do think there is a gap there, and I think that's it. Yep. So we will spin okay. again. Spinning for Rob. One, 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 <laughs> or two, I guess. One or two or uh, three. You, yeah, you got you got two. <laughs> I'm sorry, but you can kill. Uh, I just fine. put Lamar there. All right, Lamar. Yeah, Lamar number two. Yeah, it's exactly who I would have put here. Yeah. I do think the one between two and three is a lot closer than people think it is, though. A little bit. Two and three. Um, yeah. I, I'm assuming we both know who we're going to put at three there. Um, okay. But I do think the gap between one and two, though, is pretty stark. <laughs> I do, like, too. Yeah. I wonder who one's going to be. I don't know. Uh, I, 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 I really yeah. don't know. I hope I, I get one my next roll. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you get, like, 12 or 13. Uh, I'll take it. I'll take it. I'm, I'm getting the place setter, so I'm going to mess you up later because you're going to be like, I have to argue this yeah, guy this over this guy. Is number six quarterback oh, in the league. Ugh. I didn't remove that. Okay. That was funny. I just got eight again because that was the one I forgot to remove. So. Of course. So I didn't cheat there. <laughs> number nine. Oh, perfect. Number nine. Go. That's exactly what I wanted because okay. I think this – so I'm going to put – I am like 99% sure okay. I'm going to put – Joe Burrow at number nine. Okay. And I was going to put him at eight and put Tannehill at nine. No, I was like, I Tannehill's a little more experienced. Yeah, Tannehill's So I was happy nine. I got nine we there. We didn't see enough out of Burrow last year due to the injury, which was unfortunate, yeah. right? I'm really excited to see what they're going to do now, right? You got T. Higgins there. Um, you get uh, Jamar Chase, obviously, coming in. I, I think it's exciting for them. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I got Ryan Tannehill at eight, Joe Burrow at nine. Cincinnati's a weird team to project this year. It's really they, hard. They have really some strong highlights, and then there's other parts of the team where I go, Oof. All right, spinning for Rob. Uh, Number three. What we getting? What we getting? What we getting? Number three. Uh, you will be getting 13. Ooh. So you're going to pick right under who is just worse than Trevor Lawrence Ooh. on this list. Oh, boy. With four, what, four spots under that, too. Yikes. There is a lot of quarterbacks that I am glad do not play for my Detroit Lions on this list. Yeah. And that's what's saying Jared Goff is my current strike. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of nice. Yeesh. Um, all right. I got to work backwards here because who do I think is the worst quarterback is kind of how I have to like. Yeah. You have to go up from. I have an idea who I have the worst I, I right think now. I know who I, I think the worst is too. Uh, 
not it's not the easiest thing in the world. <laughs> Dude, this is, I got 13, you said? Yeah, 13. So you're right under Trevor. Son of a B. Um, right under my boy Trevor. I'm going to say, I'm actually going to take, I mean, it's the cheap way out. I'm, I'm going to put Zach Wilson there. Okay. Because I do think that there is at least, I think there's three quarterbacks I think that aren't going to play as well as him next year. Okay, that's fine. I see. That was that was my last fix. Really? So, yeah, because I, I have no I faith in him. Oh, really? Yeah. Because I have, I have no faith. Yeah, because he's on the Jets. I, see, I think the Jets the are awful. I, I think there's a couple guys that are definitely worse than him on that list right now. All right. I'm gonna have to find some. So <laughs> that's fine. Uh, can you copy and paste here? Thank you. Yeah. Uh, all right. And here's so. my rationale for Zach Wilson. Honestly, a couple things. Number one, I think they nailed their coach hire with Robert Sala. Yeah, uh, that is true. They did do uh, that. I think their offensive line is going to be is going to be pretty solid. You got Makai Becton. You got Elijah Vera Tucker there now. Um, you've got a you've got a pretty okay run game right there right now as well. They drafted that guy out of North Carolina yeah. this year. Uh, they got Rondell Moore, who I think that combination is going to be really nice. Um, they signed Corey Davis in free agency as well. They've got some weapons for him. They really are trying to get him to a position where he may be able to have some relatively early success outside of Buffalo too. I mean, I don't know what new England's going to look like this year. Um, so that's, a, that's a kind of a question mm-hmm. mark for me. And then Miami, uh, I don't we'll have, see. Spoiler. I don't really like Tua. So, Oh, well, that, I guess that's, that's where the big discrepancy is going to be. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get a high enough number first. All he's going right, to have to, he's going to have to throw the ball deep and he's yet to show that he can do that. No. Well, I got 14. So that's, Ooh. um, I have the worst. I think the worst quarterback is in the AFC West. Let me put it that way. I I know who you're thinking yeah. of. Yeah. Oh, man. Um. Wow. God, who am I gonna put right below him? <laughs> man. I can't believe you had him at the worst. Really? Yeah. I, I, I just don't think the team's gonna be very good. And everyone else at least has shown that they can play a little bit. All right. I guess. God, is I can't put him that low, can I? Who? Oh boy, who are you thinking? Jeez. <laughs> There's some guys that I'm going to have to put higher than we're going to like. Yeah. Just based on you know the fact, like meh. I guess I guess he is kind of awful now, so I guess it's not oh, a wow. complete waste. Oh boy. Who are you um, there? I'm going to put I guess Big Ben at 14. Oh my god. But like that's that's Ooh. that's why I was saving Big Ben for 13 because oh. I was like. I was, I was like, I think a little bit higher just because I was like, Ugh. no, because like, I can't. I, there's he's not good. He he's not good. I was like, that's why I was like, I can't, I can't put him any higher because I think Trevor Lawrence is gonna yeah. absolutely dog him in like every statistical category this year. So I think Zach Wilson could too. I think he's just. I think I think maybe Zach Wilson have a lot of interceptions, but I also think that he's gonna throw for a lot of garbage time guards because they're gonna be down. Yeah, they will be down. A lot. You know what I mean? That's like, true. Just, that's that's kind of. Yeah, I'm putting Big Ben there because I think it's his last year, and he's never in he's shape rough. anymore, he's and rough. it's it's rough to like if he doesn't have a number one defense by like a country mile, then <laughs> I don't know if they do and stuff. Even then, so even then they blew it. Yeah. So yeah, I'm putting Big Ben there, and they just wow. need to get a new quarterback in there. Yeah. Yeah. You you stole my <laughs> you stole my the way. All right, Rob. What number will Rob get? Oh boy, probably like number one. I'm gonna get like wheel, seven. The wheel loves like, oh, crap. Ooh, ten. Yes. Oh, oh you're, crap. so you're getting right under. Yeah. Let me double check here. You're getting right. What did I say? Ten. ten. You're getting right under Joe Bur- Burrow. Burrow. Okay. Yeah. So who's just slightly worse than Joe Burrow? 
blatantly worse. Okay, so let's see. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Okay. I guess this could give it AFC a win then, because maybe Big Ben's work better than the 14th best NFC quarterback. <laughs> Probably like Dalton or something. Yeah. Oh, like at that point, I don't know. I have ten. Oh boy. Um. Hmm. Okay. Who are the bottom two? I don't know. I've got. I have one. AFC West, <laughs> and then I've got. I think it's. I. I still think it's two is below those guys. Quite frankly, I can't um, say that. That's why. That's yeah. how I could put him there because I don't think he's that bad. Yeah. I, until I see it, because I'm looking at him like, you know, Cam, you know, ugh, 10. Mm-hmm. Right underneath Joe Burrow. Maybe we put him a little higher. Oh, God, this is so difficult. We're getting a lot of dead air here because I'm stupid. I can't just pick a guy. I know. Um, Matt doesn't work like 10? that sometimes. I'm going to say Derek Carr. Because I think he's better than Cam. <laughs> the face that you just made for Derek dude, Carr. Dude, that was that was. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm a little feel a little gross right now. I just don't, I think Cam's gonna. I think Cam is not good, and he has shown the propensity to not be able to throw a football anymore at times. Yeah. So that's why I think if if I'm giving spoilers, I think Cam's 11. Okay. And I I personally have two and Drew Lock at my bottom. Jewel right now did not show me any redeeming qualities last year. Like, he checked down all the time. He didn't throw the deep ball at all. He looked super unsure of himself, and he looked super inconfident. Like, for me, I was just very came away. I was like, he needs to completely get out of his own head in order yeah. to be successful. And I'm hoping he does that, and I hope he proves me wrong because I'd love to see Miami, you know, yeah. that's, a, that's a big franchise to come back here. Yeah. But I right now can't say that he's going to play better than Zach Wilson because I think Zach Wilson's going to go and say – F it and just chuck it. You know what I mean? Like what that's what he did at BYU. So that's kind of what I feel like he's gonna do for the Jets. Yeah, that's fair. Um all right, so I got number three. Okay. So I have a pretty that's solid that's pick here. I'm picking uh Allen. your boy, Josh Allen. My boy. Uh, yeah, your boy. I, I like Josh Allen. Yeah. I, that's you why know it's what? your boy. Josh Allen's one of those guys that actually proved me wrong because when he came out of school, I was like, Woof, this is yeah. gonna take some work. And in two years is really upped his game to a legit level mm-hmm. to the point where like he is a very, very, very good quarterback and has really proved, I think, a lot of people wrong while keeping the arm strength, right? The decision-making is better. The medium accuracy is good. And I think having those first couple years where he didn't have a true number one, I think, helped him. So when Stephon Diggs got there, he was like, oh, man, yes. this is Just so, so much so better because yeah. now he learned how to read a defense while at the same time he's like, okay, if I need to fit one, I have a guy I can go to to fit one, right? Yeah. I just think that he's – I think he's done a really nice job. Yeah, I think I personally would have put Deshaun Watson one above Josh Allen. Really? But I, I don't, I don't yeah. like – I don't think they're astronomically so far. Mm-hmm. I just think Josh Allen isn't good with the football. Like, yeah. I think he fumbles and, like yeah. – Like, he, they played the Colts in the wild card game. Yeah, and he, like, yeah. almost fumbled yeah. the game away at the For end sure. yep. against Phillip Rivers. Yeah, so, I was like yeah. – You had – And then, like, the Chiefs you were up 10 on. And then all of a sudden you yeah, just, like, can't – You can't yeah. do anything. So, like, there were moments like that where I was like – you're, you're not. I think Desha- Deshaun's hard for me. I but, think I think Deshaun's getting dinged in my mind uh, on the young. team. Just not not on the team. I just think because I don't. Th- I think it's hard for me to be like have any confidence that his numbers are going to look relatively confident because yes. he, he's going into a rebuilding team. 
Yeah. Like, he is a veteran quarterback that's going into a full rebuild. This is where you would have – this would have been the Stafford argument if he stayed in Detroit. Yeah. It's like, where do you put Stafford? Because you know his stat line's not going to be great mm-hmm. because the team around him is not so hot. All right, you have number seven. So, who is slightly oh. above Ryan Tannehill? Great. I have a name that I would easily put here. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. I'm torn I'm not, between I'm not. six and seven. Five, I have a lock for. Five, is I, I, have, have, a, I have a lock. Actually, I have a. I, I know my exact five, six, seven. Yeah. Like pretty substantially. So seven, and it's not what you would think. Really? Yeah. Seven. But I'm gonna a, put. I'm gonna put. Baker here. That's exactly That's what seven. I would do. Yeah. yeah, I think we know who's six and five. Yeah, uh, we know who we've they got, are. We've got, I, we we've probably, got that. We probably have a yeah. different order though. No, actually, I don't think we do. Okay. I, really? You might, I, if, you might be a little shocked. Uh, really? <laughs> well, if, I guess we'll see go, whoever go, gets us. If you go, really, I'm, I'll be shocked by that. Yeah, yeah. we'll see. Um, but yeah, no, I, I for sure your boy would be. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Well, I guess we'll find out. Uh, Baker at seven. I, yeah, I think he's slightly better than Ryan Tannehill. But, yeah, and once again, but he's like same level. Baker is hard for me to project because there are games where he looks phenomenal, and then there's other games where he looks completely unequipped to be running the offense. There are just moments where I just go, I don't understand what you're doing. Like mm-hmm. this is not college. You can't just say screw it when you're in a you know, in a big game like that. You can't do it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And, and that's, I think, the biggest problem. And the fact that the, the Cleveland was started looking at to maybe move away from him is kind of scary. You know, that team is stacked. If this team doesn't make it to the AFC Championship game this year, that's a massive disappointment if you're Cleveland. Yeah. That team is loaded mm-hmm. with talent. It is. Very loaded, loaded, loaded. It's probably the best roster up and down probably in the NFL right now. Probably. I would, I would probably say Tampa. Tampa, Thumb, and like... The Chiefs. Yeah. The Chiefs' <laughs> defense, though, is hard because there's, like, a lot of pieces on the team. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's true. That's not great, you know. All right. So, I have number five. Oh, dude. And this is the one okay. where I think we are going to disagree on. Really? In a weird I, way because I, thought, I think that you're going to think Yeah, that you're going to go one way? But really? I'm putting – I think Carson Wentz wow. in the system is slightly better than Herbert. Really? Yeah. I, I would have gone into this thinking for sure you would have had Herbert in five. No. I think, I think Herbert – after this year will be better than yeah. Carson. But I think going in, like, Carson off, like, what was it, th- two, three years ago had, like, that MVP-type year. And then, and then he kind of got hurt, and yeah. he hasn't – and then the, the Eagles sucked for back, a while. And he hasn't really been good. But I'm like, you have a number top five defense. Mm-hmm. You have all these weapons. You have a, a really good run game. game. Offensive line's good. Like, mm-hmm. I'm like, you have your coach – from yep. the eat like Frank yep, Wright's Frank there, Wright, yep. so I'm like everything's there for you to succeed. So if Herbert does better than you, Carson I'm wrong. And but Stafford I think Stafford are in similar positions where it's like okay, you have a, you're moving out of a bad situation into a pretty decent one. Yep. Although I am not as high on Frank Reich. I thought Frank Reich lost them playoff games the last couple of years with his yeah, he time and timeout management last mm-hmm. couple of years. Um, but I do say that he is going to get true to form here a little bit as well. Yeah. All right, so I think we're far enough. We have enough yep. space removals away yep. where we don't have any more controversial picks. So I think we're just yep. going to go down the okay. list. Yep. Uh, so number one, I think pretty unanimously we have. Uh, oh, we're we're dying out here. Yeah, right. yeah, I got stuff beeping at us. It's all good. Uh, we got Patrick Mahomes, um, pretty much number, number one. one. Yeah. Uh, I don't even think there's a lot to <laughs> argue with that. Uh, he's probably everyone's just like, can you just say it already? Yeah, everyone's like, yeah. I was like, do you really have to say anything to we're it? Only fifty yeah. minutes in, so we're we're doing no, yeah, we're doing we're yeah, yeah, we're doing great. Six, uh, obviously we talked about it. Justin Herbert, um, yes, 
I well, I don't want the whole list. Oh God, um, Justin Herbert. I just think his rookie was phenomenal. He rookie yeah, that's of the why year, I had him higher. Honestly, but, I think he's gonna. Here's here is though. I will say this for Justin Herbert fans, and this is something to be very, very, very concerned about. And I'm not trying to be over dramatic here when I'm saying this. Um, I like their head coach and Staley as sure. or whatever yeah. their head coach is, the defensive coordinator from the Rams. But they hired Joe Lombardi to be the offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. That is a step down in my opinion. Now Anthony Lynn was not good at time management and stuff like that, but play calling he was pretty okay. Yeah. Um. Uh. But um, I I would be very very concerned if um, you get the same offense that the Lions had. A few years ago, when Joe Lombardi was here as offense. Now maybe he's grown and his play calling has gotten better. But if I see fifteen seven foot dro- seven step drops every play, mm-hmm. Herbert is going to regress by de facto mm-hmm. the Lombardi effect because Stafford did not look good with Joe Lombardi, and yeah. then all of a sudden anybody else came in and called plays, and immediately he was fine. So that is something to be aware of because yeah. I know a lot of Lions fans maybe forget that time because they still went eleven and five, but Stafford looked rough that yeah. season. Uh, number 11, I think it's a little more of the debate. Um, I think yeah. where the placements are left, right. I guess you'd go Cam, but I don't hate Tua enough to like put him super low, but I guess we're going to have to at this point. I, I Once again, it, to me, he is the ultimate show me because coming out of school, the deep ball was there. I just feel like he had no confidence at all. I don't know if it's just because he didn't have the receivers and now Jalen Waddle being there. Um, and Will Fuller, he's going to have weapons now yeah. in, in Miami. Devontae Parker's still there and all that good stuff. But, like, that, that, is, um, that is the one position where I go, right now he is a question mark for them. The fact that they are act- actively talking about moving him to get to Sean Watson shows me that they don't have confidence that he can get it done. And then last, but <laughs> I guess not least, maybe. I guess yeah. we'll find out if it's least. Yeah. Uh, Drew Locke. Yeah, Drew um, Locke. Yeah. Which is really sad because I think going into last year, Drew Locke would have really been like – Drew Locke would have been probably where like Derek Carr the is. They have the weapons too, right? They've got you yeah. know the guy from Penn State. They've got Judy. They had a decent run. They got Melvin Gordon there. They have pieces there. Um, Graham Glasgow, good solid guard. They've got pieces. Garrett Bolas, an offensive tackle. Um, defense is okay, above average, and yet – he he's a he's a turnover machine. He's a bad decision machine, and he's not putting up the he he should be a lot more successful mm-hmm. than where he's at. I agree. So we have our list here. So okay. let's run down the AFC ones. We got one: yep. Patrick Mahomes, yep. then Lamar, Josh Allen, Deshaun Watson, Carson Wentz, Justin Herbert, Baker Mayfield, Ryan Tannehill, Joe Burrow, Derek Carr, Cam Newton, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson. Ben Roethlisberger, Tua Tungavailoa, and Drew Locke. Cool. All right, let's go uh, compare to end the oh, show, God. the bang here, to determine who's got a better yeah. conference uh, quarterback play. Okay. Oh, Next week we're going to do offensive linemen. No, I'm just kidding. All right, cool. I was like, I, I can, I can do some research. Lions top five. Call it now. It's fine. But no, I'm just kidding. All right. So number battle of the number ones: Patrick Mahomes or Thomas Edward Patrick Brady Jr. I'm always like. Uh, I will take Patrick. I guess we would really need Kyle here for this one because he could have break a tie. But I want to take Patrick Mahomes on this one. I am going to take now because I think Patrick Mahomes. Like I think if you did, Mahomes is a better quarterback. Like like historically standing, obviously Brady's like the goat. But what Patrick Mahomes right now I think is a better quarterback. I will agree with you on that. Okay. 
I'm tired uh, of the Mahomes love, but he is. But phenomenal. he is phenomenal right now. Yeah. Okay, so AFC's got one point. Uh, Lamar Jackson versus Aaron Rodgers. I don't think it's very close. Nope. I think Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers by it. a mile. Okay, so we are tied at one here. All right, I guess he's middle ones are probably where it's going to get juicy because yeah. his top ones yeah. are like, all right. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. All right. That's, that's why we go through them. Yeah, Josh Allen versus Russell Wilson. Um, I'd take Russell Wilson pretty handily, but yeah, I do Russ, I do see an argument I, for I, Josh I, Allen. I, I do see an argument, but I think Russ does is more efficient yeah. uh, than Josh Allen is, and I don't think Russell Wilson can has the propensity to lose you football games like Josh Allen yeah. has. Now, they're in two stages of their career. Yeah. But as of right this moment, yeah. I think Russ takes it. Even like if you went like Russell's first three years, like conservative, Super Bowl conservative, conservative and yeah. like did yeah. everything right, made the smart play. I think this one's very interesting. Okay. Deshaun Watson, Matthew Stafford. I think it's like very interesting. Depends um, on the day, baby. It really does depend Depends on the day. On the day. I would tend to lean Deshaun Watson. Um, but I think going into this year, it's pretty easy. Stafford's yeah, sure. gonna be a while better. I, I. Probably I'm going to tend to lean Stafford. I obviously, I've watched every game of his career, yeah, yeah. so I see it. I, I love Deshaun Watson as a play, now as a human being. Then I don't know so much anymore. But like yeah. the, from a player perspective, I think they've had such similar paths mm-hmm. um, on really having to carry the team on their back. Um, but at the same time, I just feel like I just feel like Stafford is a more accomplished thrower than Deshaun is. Like yeah. strictly. Doing it, yeah. Uh, that one's tough for me. Yeah. I don't care what way. If you want to give, yeah, I, I'll, yeah. <laughs> I don't care. I'll, like, uh, I'll. Uh, I know people are lo- literally rolling their eyes, like, "Come on!" I go, but once again, like I said, I've seen the highs of Matthew Stafford, and I've seen the very lows. I've seen the four interception games. I've seen them, yeah. but I've also seen the games where he puts up five touchdowns against a team they have no business playing against. Yeah. Uh, I'll give it to Stafford only because I think going in, I think he'll just be better with a better team. Also, there is a high possibility we never see Deshaun Watson play in the NFL game. But I think if if you said, would you rather take Deshaun Watson or Stafford to build a team? Right now, I would would probably say— I'd probably take Deshaun Watson. I would too. There's a youth factor involved, less injury history. He's mobile, throws ball well. But I'll take Stafford going into this year because of the circumstance. Um, number five, Carson Wentz or Dak Prescott? Battle of the former NFC East teams. I'm going to take Carson here. I'm going to take Carson, but it's really close. I like the. F- I think Carson Wentz, some of his turnover problems were a result of the fact that he didn't have anybody to throw to, mm-hmm. and I think he was trying to do too much. Yeah. Dak's numbers are inflated. Everybody wants to talk about Stafford's numbers being inflated. Dak's numbers are inflated, and I think Dak has had a better situation has done lo- has done less with more than what Carson has. Yeah. I think it's really close, and I think disrespectfully, Carson's going to come out yeah, swinging. I think I think they're both going to come out swinging pretty hard. Yeah. I think Carson with a better team around him will yeah. look a lot better. Dallas is going to so be rough I'm, this year still. That yeah. defense is in disarray. So I'm gonna, I'm, I'm, yeah, so I'm going to give that point to Carson Wentz. So currently after five, NFC at three, AFC at two points. This is where uh, stuff's going to get and it's crazy. crazy. It's actually funny how like relatively close oh, all yeah. these people are yeah. looking down. Um, so number six, Herbert versus Kyler Murray. I would take Herbert, would take but Herbert. Kyler Murray is very, very good. Kyler Murray to me is hard at times to project, similar to the Baker Mayfields. Um, like I think if it was Baker versus Kyler, yeah. that would be a really tough one for me. Kyler Murray has a tendency to really stare down DeAndre Hopkins, and that's yeah. going to stunt his growth. Yeah, 
This one you are gonna have such a struggle with. Oh God! Why? Why is it always me? Why? Am I... Listen, <laughs> Baker Mayfield or Jimmy Garoppolo? Oh <laughs> Lord! Oh, so bad. Who are you taking? Uh, I will take Jimmy Garoppolo slightly over. I'm gonna take Jimmy as well. I think the upside is higher for Baker, but Jimmy yeah. doesn't lose you football games. Yes, that's that exactly that that's the, the exact key I have. I love how you're just like you hate both of these. Yeah, guys I was like you hate lot. these guys more than anything on earth outside of maybe Tua. So and Dak. I don't like Dak. And Dak. Both, but. Um, that's more just because he's a cowboy, less about him as a person. Yeah. Again, this one's close. Ryan Tannehill or Matt Ryan. I, right now, right now, I would take Ryan Tannehill. I would, right now, I would agree with you. But Matt Ryan is a two dog. years ago. Matt Ryan. Yeah. Matt Ryan is such an underrated selection as of a top a top five pick. Yeah, like that dude was a baller for like eight years. Like he was yeah. a very good quarterback. Number nine. I feel really bad that they couldn't get it done. Yeah. Uh, yes. Joe Crazy. Joe Burrow or Sam Darnold. I'll take Burrow slightly over, Dude. but Darnold could have yeah. a breakout that year one, this year. That one is like tale of like, woof. like two, like one's like full of optimism, the other one's like trying to salvage his career. Yeah, yeah Burrow. Yeah, Burrow. Okay. Yeah. That one. That I was that like was those last like tough. three. I'm like are super that close though. So. Yeah. Uh, Battle of the tens. Derek Carr or Ryan Fitzpatrick. What, what week are we in? <laughs> are we in, uh, we're, are we're, we in Fitz Magic weeks or are we in regular Fitz Magic well, we're, we're in Derek Carr playing the Chiefs week, so Derek Carr. Oh, God. Yeah. Because the, oh, the only weeks God. he does good is against the Chiefs. I, I so guess I'm going to say Derek Carr. I'll say Derek Carr, but. That one is but like, rough. Again, the highs of Fitzpatrick are better, but, so the cons- high. but Derek Carr's the consistency yeah, that, is, that gets for me. We forget, too. Oh, boy, Derek Carr went, took a above average Oakland Raider team to 12 and 4 before he broke his leg. Yeah. So, like, that's a made Jack Del Rio look like a competent head coach. That's yeah. saying something. Cam, now, no, no, battle, the, battle of the number 11s okay. Cam Newton or Kirk Cousins? Oh, boy. Um, I tend to lean Kirk Cousins because I think he throws a little better right now. Yeah, the problem I have is that they both make the worst decision possible at the worst time. Yep. I kind of want to lean towards Cam, but I'm going to give it to you to Kirk. Um, yeah. Just because Cam to me, like, the problem is is that when you think Cam Newton, you think of that 15-1 year where it was like, man. Yeah, he was unstoppable. Stop yeah. But then every year after that, it's gotten progressively worse. Kirk Cousins, I've never really seen like that great r- year, like that but great year, but it, it's always been okay. Yeah, it's always been like good. And, and we're when, talking about the eleventh best quarterback in the conference in each conference. Year. So yeah, twelves. This is where yeah, Trevor Lawrence or Jared Goff. Uh, mm. I will take. See, I feel like see at this point though, I think the AFC just has more rookies. I think you have to. Go so like, I think you, you have to. Seen, you haven't seen haven't Trevor seen do it, him. but I would say Trevor's upside definitely is. Oh, it's better than going to be way better than. But Goff has gone to a Super Bowl. He yeah. is, he's put up that thirty and ten to twelve touchdown interception yeah. ratio. I think Goff has numbers that you can point to and say when he was at his best, he was a top ten quarterback in the conference. I'm gonna modify this next one ever so slightly yeah. to make it a little more even. Okay. I'm gonna go with Zach Wilson or Justin Fields. Okay. Instead of Andy yeah. Dalton. Yeah. Um because actually, they're both rookies, yeah. so then we can actually give a good representation oh, of it. I dude. think Justin Fields That's really tough for me. Um I don't love Chicago's offensive weapons yeah. right now. Alan Robinson. I don't either. Alan Robinson it drops off a cliff. And then David Montgomery or whatever, but yeah, that's about it. But like the Jets have a better offense, but I I mean we've got an unproven play caller in the floor in the Jets. 
Chicago's got a good defense, so he's going to make them look good. Yeah. Oh, boy. I'll give you fields, but I don't like it. Yeah. Would you easily take Dalton over Zach Wilson? Yes. Okay. Right now. You have to. Yeah. Dalton, okay. Dalton, once again, Dalton has active time where he has achieved in okay. this league. See, that, that, that's why I changed yeah, it, yeah, so absolutely. it's a little more fair. I do think, but... though, that I think fields may start off hotter, but once again, it goes down to can you read the defense? Yeah. And that is the biggest key right now. Number 14, Jameis Winston from the NFC, ben, Big Ben from the AFC. I would um, take Jameis slightly at this moment, but obviously overall, Big Ben so I think better. I would actually take Big Ben because I don't think it's Big Ben's decision-making that's the problem. I think it's Big Ben the fact that he's a fat piece of lard out there now. Jameis Winston has active decision-making problems yeah. right now. But I'll let you decide which. I'll, I'll give it. To, make it sexy. Uh, yeah, I'll give it. I'll give you the AFC one, yeah. but I, I think it's close. I think it's close as well. I think Big Ben turns the ball over more because he thinks he can still throw the ball sixty yards, and yeah. he can't. And yeah. I think that's the problem. Uh, Daniel Jones or Tua Tunga Vailoa. Tua. Tua I, I, yeah. I take a Tua. All about Although Daniel Jones, these two guys are a lot closer right now, especially because of the situations that they're in. Yeah. They both need to play well, or I think they both could be on different teams. Yep. And then finally, Drew Locke, Jalen Hurts. I think Jalen Hurts, just because of okay. their mobility factor. I was That's say, just to me. I take, I take Drew Locke because I think I've seen He him. can throw a better ball. He throws a better he ball, and does. he has got more weapons. And Jalen Hurts, I feel like it's just Actually, no, that's true. I'll change mine. I'd actually okay. change mine. All right. So, final score. What do you think the final score is? I, think, I feel like AFC had more. Nine to seven AFC. Yeah, the the middle and the the middle and the bottom really. Yeah. Uh, kind of took over from the NFC. Yeah, yeah that but. doesn't necessarily shock me. That's fun though. I like that. Those are fun games. Uh, I like that. Maybe at one point we'll do maybe like just teams in general. Yeah, you know maybe what I mean? we teams, can do that maybe yeah. after training camp or yeah. as we get into the preseason here. Once we kind yeah. of sort out the injury bug. Yeah, that's funny. Bit. We do teams and then we do all of our. Uh, our game predictions. I do want to do I, one too. And, I then, wanna, and I, then we go, wow, we were so off. Yeah. That, <laughs> when, that one be a quick hitter. I love doing that quick hitter yeah. show. The, the whole, the whole game segment. That's really fun. I also want to do this again, but I want to do it with wrestling championships. Oh God. Too. Okay. I want to do that. I want, I think it'd be fun to do like importance, you know, where it stands today, all okay. that good stuff. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about it off air, but yeah. that's going to be it for this week's show, guys. I hope you guys enjoyed the quarterback rankings. I love when Mike brings out the rankings. I think it's a great time. I think it's really fun to kind of talk about teams that maybe we don't get a chance to do on a week-to-week basis because we talk so much Lions and some of the big happenings around the league. So I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, we do have our own energy drink flavor out right there right now as well. If you go to SwiftLifestyles.com, Motor City Blue Raspberry brought to you by the I'm Always Right Sports Podcast. Uh, the link will be in uh, on our, all of our social media. You get 15% off using the code always right, all one word. Um, so go, be sure to go ahead and support the show that way and tag us in it. We have hit 10,000 plays, folks. So what we are thinking about doing, there's a potential giveaway going to be happening here in the next couple weeks here. Um, but we're going we're gonna to finalize those details. But make sure you support the show. Buy the merch. Share the show. Uh, buy Swift Lifestyles uh, energy drink products, whether it's a shaker, whether it's vitamins, whether it's a t-shirt, whatever you want, use code always right, 15% off. I'm telling you, it's it's a great product. Um, and we'll hopefully get more sponsorships as we continue to grow. But once again, thank you so much for allowing us to get to that 10,000 play milestone mark. Uh, Mike, any words to the fans before we sign off today? Um, let's see. I do. <laughs> um, Giannis. Playing oh, very, very, very well. Oh. And I did not expect that. 
yep. and just wait till my baby boy Trevor Lawrence goes nuts in Jacksonville week one. <laughs> Four interceptions. Four interceptions <laughs> against Houston. All right, that's going to be it for this week's show, guys. On behalf of the Missing Whale Man, he's the Merkel, Mike Merkel. I am the mouth of Michigan, Rob Medica, and we will see you guys, as always, next time.